pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh to his friend. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and yet ye haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and, and I have found grace in your sight. Now therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence shall go with you. I will give you rest. And Moses said to God, If your presence does not go with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be now known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And God said, I will do this thing that you've spoke. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, and our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, now let's turn to Exodus chapter 33, and here Moses is more concerned for the glory of God than for his own personal advantage or for Israel. So the Lord promises to send his angel with Moses. Dr. Mitchell speaks of the difference between God's ways and man's ways, and he points out how the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And in the ensuing conversation, Moses cries out, not for an angel to lead him, but for the very personal presence of the Lord himself to lead him on this journey. And God showed him his glory, and Moses wanted to know God's ways. Jesus himself promises us too, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Dr. Mitchell explains more here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. So let's open our Bible to Exodus chapter 33. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you with studies in the book of Exodus, and we are rejoicing in the fact that the Spirit of God is blessing the ministry of the Word of God to so many hearts. I really appreciate the letters and the notes that I receive from you of the blessing which God has, come, has brought to your own heart. And might I say that, if you have as much blessing as I have, as I seek to communicate the Word of God to you, you'll be a blessed man and a blessed woman. We are in the 30, we've just finished the 32nd chapter of the book of Exodus. We jumped from 18 to 32. For those of you who are just listening in for the first time, or you've missed one or two of the lessons, may I say, the first 18 chapters of Exodus and it's the first division of the book of Exodus. And then, and then you have from verse, from chapter 19 down to chapter 31, the instructions of God to Moses 
on the law, the Mosaic laws, commonly called, together with the instructions of the tabernacle. And then starting in at 35 to the end of the book, you have the construction of the tabernacle and various exhortations. Now, in chapter 32, we had where Israel went into idolatry. Moses has been 40 days and nights up in the mountain receiving the word of God. And the people in the valley became tired of this. And they said to Aaron, up make us gods. We don't know about this man Moses, this fellow who brought us out of Egypt. And it's just as I said, and I repeat it, it's so easy for one to turn from the living God to something else. We want something to see. We want something as an object of worship, something we can feel, something we can experience. I tell you, friend, when we stop walking by faith, we walk by sight. And that's not the life of God wants us. You remember we read in Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3 and Hebrews 10 that just to live by faith. And you remember how they came under the judgment of God and Moses interceded on the ground of the person of God, on the ground of the promises of God. And he, he pleaded this. Why? He was zealous for God's glory. What will the Egyptians say if you blot them out? What about your promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Say, I say he was more concerned about the glory of God and his word than even for Israel. Now God's through with them, going to consume them. His holy, righteous character demands justice. You see, friend, an afflicted people are the objects of his grace. But a stiff-necked people must be humbled. So Moses stood between, pleaded the person of God and the word of God. And at the end of chapter 32, you remember, Moses said, you have sinned a great sin. You came up before God. If you don't forgive their sin, then blot me out of your book. And God said, I'll, I'll judge the ones who have sinned. But by the way, my angel will go before you. Starting in chapter 33, verse 2, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. And my angel was before you, He's going to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of you, for you're a stiff-necked people, lest I consume you in the way. Now notice, I'm not going to go up with you. What about the cloud? What about the fire, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day? Wasn't God in the midst of himself? Didn't he say in chapter 19, I brought you on eagle's wings to myself? Yes, yes. But God cannot live in the midst of a people who are in unbelief, in disobedience, in corruption, in idolatry. His very holy character demands justice. That's why in it, Moses pleads the person of God. He's pleading the glory of God. He's more concerned, I say, about God and his glory than he is about Israel. So God says, I'm going to send my angel. I'm not going to go in the midst of you. If I go among you, 
consume you in the way. You go on down to verse 9. It came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle. The cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. Boy, what a, what a picture. The Lord came down and talked with Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. You know, I used to have a pretty good sermon one time on the fact that Moses talked with God face to face as a man talks to his friend. And one day I was reading this and I read it audibly. That doesn't sound right. Well, it wasn't the word of God that wasn't right. It was me. It doesn't say that, that Moses talked with God face to face as a man talks to his friend. The Lord spake to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. In the last chapter of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 42, do you remember it? The man whom God knew face to face. The man whom God knew face to face. The last chapter of Deuteronomy. You see, friendship, my friend, is based on confidence. Indeed, the test of friendship is confidence. And now Moses becomes very bold God talks with him face to face as a man talks to his friend. He has just said, I won't go in the midst of this people. I'll send my angel before you. And verse, tw- and verse 12. Oh, listen to this. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and yet you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And, and I have found grace in your sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence shall go with you. I will give you rest. And Moses said to God, If your presence does not go with me, let's not go any further. Or, as the King James Version says, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And God said, I will do this thing that you've spoken. Let me just stop right there. Bring me up, you've said, bring up this people, but you haven't let me know who's going to be with us. I don't want your angel. I don't want your angel. Here is a heart crying for God. I know I have found grace in your sight. And I know you by name. And if you know me by name, and I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know thee. And consider this people. This nation is your people. And God said, my presence shall go with thee. I will give thee rest. My word of passage. You've shown me your grace. You've called me by name. Now, show me your way. Here's a heart crying out for the ways of God. Yearning for the will of God. 
As the 103rd Psalm, verse 7 says, He made known His ways unto Moses. Not man's way, but God's way. Oh, that passage in Romans 11, 33 to the end of the passage. You remember that? Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His ways. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. Well, who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been God's counselor? Nobody. But he wants to show us his ways. I tell you, friend, God's way and man's way are two different things. You remember Isaiah 55, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Too many Christians want their own way. Satan wanted his own way too and was cast out of heaven. But here's a lonely man in the midst of over three million people. And what's he cry? Oh, that I may know thee. Show me now your way, that I may know thee. You know what he yearned for? He yearned for an understanding companion. He yearned for one who would guide him, one with whom he could have fellowship. Like the Apostle Paul could say in Philippians 3, 6 to 14, you remember, all these good things I counted loss for Christ. Yea, I count everything but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, to count them but refuse that I might win Christ, that I might be found in Christ, that I might know Christ. This is not the knowledge of the mind is knowledge by experience. Didn't Moses know God? <laughs> Look at the record from chapter 2 through 18. Didn't Moses know God? Yes, but what he knew only increased his desire for more. That's true today. The more I know of the Lord, the more hungry I am for him, for him. Now, notice his cry. If I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know thee. And God's answer was, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And Moses said, If your presence go not with me, then let us not go any further. I don't want your angel. I want you. I want you. Show me now your way that I may know thee. God's answer was, My presence shall go with thee. Today? Yes. Tomorrow? Yes. Next week? Yes. Next month? Yes. Next year? Yes. My presence will go with you. That's enough. Didn't our Lord say in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He never leaves us. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Today? Yes. Tomorrow? Still with us. Next week? Still with us. What about next month? Still with us. What about next year? Still with us. Ah, friend. Ah, friend. What do you and I know about this intimacy of fellowship with God? Look at the cry of this man, Moses. Look what he had gone through. Forty years in the wilderness, 
God says, come now. God revealed himself to Moses. All those miracles in Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, smiting the rock and the water came forth, the bread coming down from heaven, victory over Amalek. Didn't he know God? <laughs> he was a lonely man in the midst of all his people. Oh, I want somebody. I want somebody to whom I can open my heart, let down my head, and just tell him all that's in my heart. I want a real friend. Just like you had in chapter 18 of Genesis when God said to Abram, shall I hide from my friend what I'm going to do? Oh, the yearning for a real, genuine friend. This is Moses. My presence shall go with thee, said God. Nothing less, nothing more. <laughs> Isn't God enough? Nothing less than God will satisfy. Not an angel, not some great power, not some great experience. I tell you, Moses had a lot of experiences. He had a lot of power. He had seen a tremendous amount, more than you and I will ever see on earth in this state. But he cried for God himself. What's the yearning of your heart, my friend? Nothing less than God. I ask you the question, are you satisfied with the Savior himself? Are you satisfied with God? Just satisfied with God himself? Nothing more, nothing less? the one who never leaves, the one whom you can trust, irrespective of all the circumstances of life, always with you. But you know, the revelation of God also brings a responsibility. Wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that you go with us? So shall we be your separated, I and your people, from all the people of the earth. How will it be made known to the world that I and this people Israel, stiff-necked though they be, just been accused of idolatry, moral corruption? Oh, the grace, the tenderness, the patience of God with these people. And by the way, don't you take advantage of it. I'm telling you, we've got a holy God. We have a righteous God whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, he disciplines. There's a lot of difference between frailty and being stiff-necked. There's a lot of difference between suffering and living in unbelief. Show me now your way. I want nothing less than God. And God says, my presence shall go with thee every day, every hour. Whatever the question, whatever the score, whatever the, the test, whatever the trial, whatever the victory, he's right there. My presence shall go with thee. Do you need wisdom? He's got it. Do you need power? He's got it. Do you need patience? He has it. Do you need long-suffering? He has it. What do you need? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And how will the world know, says Moses, how will the nations of the earth know that you're our God, that we are your people? I don't want an angel. I don't want an angel, said Moses. I want you. No wonder they 
No wonder at the end of Deuteronomy, when Moses died, the man whom God knew, face to face. Just one more thing. You know, when talking about responsibility on the ground of the grace of God, and he, by the way, Moses included Israel in this. They're your people. How often he keeps reminding God, this is your people, your redeemed people. They're a separate people from the world. Why? For testimony. Just as Jesus could say in John 17, Father, as you have sent me into the world, I'm going to send them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they might be sanctified through the truth. God is depending upon you and me to be a witness to the nations of the earth of the grace of God, of the love of God, of the wonders of his mercy. Now, just one more thing. Out of verse 18. After God said, I'll do this thing. And he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. I will do all these things to you. But thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. It shall come to pass when my glory passeth by. I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. I will take away my hand, thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Oh, the boldness of faith, show me thy glory. I tell you, Here's a heart reaching out for God. Reaching out for God. By the way, may I suggest something? You know, Moses did see him in his glory. Moses did not get into the promised land, except he came into the promised land in, in fellowship with the Savior, in companionship with the Savior in the book of Matthew chapter 17. Moses and Elias was with Jesus when he was glorified on the mount. My, what a, what a prospect. Show me your glory. Moses has got to be changed. I wonder if this was in the heart of Paul in Romans 8, 18, when he said, I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. A heart reaching out for God. What about you, my friend? Tests and trials are very common. All of us, even though we're Christians, that doesn't free us from the tests of life. But God is with us in the test. He'll never leave us. My presence shall go with thee. I'm going to leave this little brief series of studies with you. Leave it with a question. What's the great cry of your heart? Is it for God himself? whether you feel it, whether you don't feel it, whether you see it, whether you don't see People talk about power and experiences. My friend, don't try to get them. You'll get some experience all right, but it won't be God. It won't be of God. It'll be of the flesh more than likely. The flesh can imitate. Satan can imitate. May the great cry of your heart be for God himself. Show me now thy way that I may know thee. And the answer is, my presence shall go with thee. And one of these days, we shall see him in his glory. As John 17, 22 says, the glory which thou hast given me, I have 
given them. Remember that? Or in Colossians 3, 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. What a prospect. What a prospect. Goodness and mercy has followed us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a prospect for every child of God. Friend, do you have that prospect? Do you have that hope? Isn't it wonderful that God can be made known to your heart through Jesus Christ, his Son? I just urge upon you to read the Word of God. If you mean business, God means business with you. And may you open your eyes and my eyes to the wonders and the glories of our wonderful Savior. Now may I close with that again. My presence, says God to Moses, my presence shall go with thee today, tomorrow, next week, next month, until you stand in his presence. Oh, what a Savior we have. What a Lord we have. May you put your trust in him and pass from death to life. The Lord bless you now today. For his wonderful name's sake. Praise the Lord. He never changes. He's never any other way. And he'll be the same tomorrow as he was and is today. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at 10.